Amen. All right, so chapter 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And then why? For this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Again, why? That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So let me draw your attention to verse 1 really quick. When we read children, it doesn't mean just our little guys that we have. Children refers to every single one of us this morning. How do we know that? Remember, Jesus said to his disciples, he called them my little, my little children, right? They were of all different ages. We are called God's children. Same word used here um, that Paul is using. Also, the Apostle Paul referred to Timothy as his son in the faith. Same word, child in the faith, his spiritual son in the faith. So listen, this goes for all of us this morning. We are all children in God's eyes, and we all need to apply um, what the instruction is from God's word this morning. And it's interesting, that word obey is such an interesting word in the Greek. We get the word acoustic from this word, and it means to listen, to really hear what that person is saying, and then be obedient to do what they're asking to do. Because sometimes we don't listen as kids, do we? We get the instructions from our parents, and what do we do? (sighs) Does anybody else? Not in my home. My kids are like, praise the Lord. No, (laughs) Just, just kidding. And by the way, I don't expect perfection from my kids, and neither should you. Because you don't want me to expect perfection from you, do you? And from one another. Because sometimes people think, oh, the pastor's kids are perfect. Or those in ministry, and they expect perfection. I don't expect perfection from my kids. I give them grace, just like the Lord gives me grace. And help them, as we're going to learn here for fathers, how we are to deal with our kids and train them and, 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 and bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And so it means to really listen, to pay attention to what your parents are saying, not just on the surface, but beneath. What are they trying to say, or what were they, what do they, what were they wishing to say, but they didn't say it quite correctly? Because we as parents don't always say things the way we should, do we? Am I the only one here, you guys? We don't always say things the way we should, but kids, we were to listen and to really hear, to pay attention to what mom and dad are saying what they have to say, no matter what age, by the way. And please notice it's in, obey your parents in the, what did your Bible say? In the Lord. And ultimately, all of us as Christians, we are submitted or, or, or uh, surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, correct? He is our Lord. He's the boss. And his voice is the ultimate voice we want to hear and need to hear. Jesus said, my sheep hear my, and they follow me. So we need to hear the Lord's voice. And so listen, um, if mom and dad are telling me something contrary to the Lord, what the word of God says, I consider it and I put it in the category of do not do that. But I share with them. I say, this is why I can't do that. Because Jesus says in his word, God says in his word that this is the way I am to go. This is the way to walk in it. 
And so not only do we get a chance to honor our parents, but we get a chance to point them, out, point them back to the Word of God also. Does that make sense, you guys? And not only that, also, um, does God speak through parents? He does. And so as kids, we are to, it is an opportunity for us to hear from the Lord through our parents. I, I know the Lord tries to speak through, through us all the time to our kids. And so we want to pay attention as children to really listen to what they are saying. And notice what it says at the end of this verse. Why? For this is right. This is what God approves of. This is what is acceptable to the Lord. If you're taking notes, Colossians 3, verse 20, it's kind of like the parallel text here. Paul writes to the Colossians, Obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. And so, do we want to please Jesus this morning? And so, if we want to please the Lord as children, we are to obey our parents. Who is our example in all things? Jesus is, isn't he? Did Jesus obey his parents? He did, didn't he? And by the way, it was a blended home. Jesus obeyed his mom and stepdad. I bring that up because there's kids that are in blended homes that will ask me, I don't, they'll say, I don't need to listen to my stepdad, do I? I say, absolutely you do. Absolutely, that's what the Word of God says. And that's what the example that Jesus gave. Do you guys remember where that was? Anybody remember where that is? You guys hear this? You guys good? Everybody good? Remember when uh, Mary and Joseph thought they lost God? You guys remember that? They went to the temple right? Went for their worship. They get in the caravan heading home. I think it's in the Gospel of Luke. It is in the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 2, if you're taking notes, right at the end. They get in the caravan heading back to, where was Jesus' hometown? Northbound, Nazareth. They're cruising, Mary and Joseph. And all of a sudden, where is Jesus? We've lost him. And what was he doing? He's back in the temple giving a Bible study to the religious leaders, right? And they come back. It's like three days later or whatever. They come back, and he's there, right, giving this amazing, can you imagine that Bible study? Here is just a little kid. And then they're like, where have you been? You've worried us. And he, Jesus said, didn't you know that I have to be about my father's business? I must be about my father's business. And then it says, this is so good, chapter 2, verse 51, Luke's gospel, then he, Jesus, went down with them, with Mary and Joseph, and came to Nazareth and was subject to them, or obedient, same word, obedient to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. So Jesus was obedient in all things with his mother and father. In fact, can you imagine? I mean, he could have said, you know what, I am God, I don't have to take out the trash. (laughs) But not us as children. We need to listen and obey our mothers and our fathers. In fact, he goes on to say, honor your father and mother. And again, these these verbs here, obey and to honor, they're in the, the Greek verb tense of continually doing this. Continually obey, continually honor. And that word honor means to continually value, to esteem as precious, dear, or valuable And it also means to evaluate and assign a value to. And so as children, we are to honor 
You know, and, and that's something we still should be doing as adults is honoring our parents, those that took care of us, those that provided for us. And listen, I know I, I, as we study this, some of us came from with, with great parents. Some of us, our parents weren't so great. And, uh, but we do have the greatest father of all now. And that's our heavenly father who will always take care of you. He's always with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He wanted to be as close as possible to you, so he came right into your heart, right into your life. And so now he's with us. We have the greatest father ever. He's right with us no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through. And he knows what we're going through because he walked in our shoes. And so it's interesting, though, as we, as we consider the, this instruction here, honor your father and your mother in one sense, esteem as valuable what they brought into your life. As we look back, listen, as we, as we look back on our life, we are to esteem as valuable what they brought into our life. I am so grateful for my parents, the things, some of the things that they poured into my life. I learned from my dad, hard work and not quitting. That's a big lesson. To work hard and to not quit, to never throw in the towel. And so there are certain things that we've learned from them that we can say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for those lessons. Thank you for the things they've instilled in me. And what did you receive from them that's been beneficial? How you can esteem them as valuable this morning. Maybe you're saying, nothing, Mike. It's been horrible. It was brutal. My home life was rotten. You know what I can tell you this morning? I know one thing you've learned, how not to do it. And you can be grateful because now you can break the pattern of abuse, of neglect, of harm in your life. Now, with bringing up your kids, you can say, you know what? I don't want that to be any part of the upbringing of my children. I'm going to do the exact opposite and do it God's way. Thank you, Lord, for that lesson. Thank you that I did learn something. You are a better parent. Listen, this morning, you're a better parent because of that. When we learn from the past, we avoid the mistakes in the future. And so we can be thankful, can't we? We can be thankful for no matter what. And that is an evidence that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we can say, thank you, Lord, for the parent, because we all have had parents. Correct? <laughs> and we can be thankful. And notice the first commandment. Which number, which number commandment is it in the ten? Number five, yeah, that's right. First commandment with promise, right? There's a promise that God attaches to this when we honor our fathers and mothers. How many of you guys want things to go well with you? How many of you came this morning and said, I, don't, I just don't want anything to go well in my life? I like drama. I like problemas. Listen, the promise is honor your father and mother and things are going to go good for you. That's a promise from the Lord. And long life, I don't know what that means. I think it sounds good, don't you? Things to go good, long life, hallelujah. Even as adults, please listen this morning, this is still applicable for us. Remember what Paul said to Timothy about taking care of, specifically widows, but our parents, our family. You guys remember what he says, young Pastor Timothy? Anybody remember that? No? Maybe. 1 Timothy 5. It's 
in context is speaking about widows and caring for the widows in the church. And it says, honor widows who are really widows. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety or honor here at home and to repay their parents. For this is good and acceptable before God. And then he says a few verses down, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Isn't that heavy? So we are to care for our family. Specifically, we're talking about in context, our parents. And remember, Jesus had some heavy words for the religious leaders of his day. If you're taking notes, I'm just going to read it real quick. It's in Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. And remember, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, were tweaked at Jesus because they were watching and his disciples were not eating with the ceremonially washed hands. You guys remember that? And they were, the Pharisees were so concerned about the outward appearance in front of others that they had a problem with their hearts. What was coming out of their lives was, was evil, was wicked. And Jesus said, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. In fact, you set aside the word of God in order to keep the traditions of men. And so they had all these traditions that had begun to supersede the word of God. And then Jesus said, you know what? You've ditched the word of God completely to keep your little rituals, your little customs, your little rules you made up. In fact, this is heavy. He said, all too well you reject the commandment of God. Why? That you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is korban, that is, a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through the tradition which you have handed down and many such things you do. Can I just kind of break it down for a minute what Jesus is saying? Jesus is like, Jesus is like you know the commandments, honor your father and mother. Those who curse their father and mother are to be put to death. And so you've come up with a little loophole with your rules, with your traditions, you've come up with a loophole, so now you don't have to take care of your parents, your elderly parents. In other words, you've got a house, you've got a fat bank account, man, you're doing great, and you've said, I dedicate all my stuff to God. It all, it's all his, I dedicate it to him. So when mom and dad are struggling, they're hurting, or they need help, you say to them, I'm sorry, all my stuff is already dedicated to God. I can't help you out, sorry. Is that pretty heavy? That's heavy, isn't it? And Jesus is letting them know. You know, you guys are a bunch of scam artists. You've come up with loopholes in order to, to cater to your flesh and to satisfy the lust of your flesh and then attach God's name to it. That's heavy. And so... So here's the deal. You know, some of us go to assisted living. We've been doing it for years. And we see, we see parents that have been ditched by their kids. 
left in assisted living, left in those homes. No one ever goes to see them. No one ever goes to care for them. And I'm so glad that God has opened the door for us as a church. We haven't had to strive. It is the Lord who opened the door for us to go and to minister to those people every week, to love them, to share the word of God with them, to share ultimately the love of Jesus with them. And by the way, God honors that. Pure and undefiled religion before God is this, to what? To take care of the widows and the orphans in their need. And so the Lord's opened the door for us as a church to do that. But the exhortation for us this morning is to continue to honor our parents, to continue to honor our fathers and our mothers, no matter what age we are. And so check out verse four with me. You fathers, you dads, isn't being a father an amazing role, by the way? Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Well, let me put it this way. It's not too late to experience what God has for us as families and for you as a dad. It's awesome. It's an amazing blessing, an amazing responsibility. It is an amazing calling. And listen, this morning, if you don't have kids, you can play that role in the lives of others. You know what I'm talking about? We need mentors. We need role models in the church. I'm so grateful for our legacy ministry. Some of you know we have a ministry here for the young men in our church where we can provide mentorship and role models and teach them the word of God and do fun stuff as well to pour into them. But there's plenty of men in this church, young men, that need mentors and role models that need a dad, some that are off the scene, some kids without dads, and they need, they need someone to portray an example of our Heavenly Father to them. And guess what? It's not an accident you're listening this morning. It's an awesome opportunity for you to get involved pouring into the next generation. Dads are so often not fulfilling the role God has given them to play. And listen, and I'm learning this. Listen, I haven't arrived as a dad. As I read through this, I'm challenged. I'm asking the Lord for forgiveness, asking my kids for forgiveness. Um, What I'm learning, though, one of the things is that that role as a dad doesn't end when they go off to college. That role doesn't end when they go and take the next step of life. Maybe they go to the military or get married or whatever. I am to be involved in their lives. It is a critical role as long as I'm still sucking air, as long as you are alive before the Lord comes, is that we are to be involved in our kids' lives. And so look with the first instruction. It comes in the negative first, and you fathers, and by the way, this isn't the... the, Happy Father's Day beat down for you dads. <laughs> you with me this morning? It's not like, okay, how can I beat up the dads this morning? Listen I, listen, I have to pray through this and meditate on this and study this all week long. And the Lord is dealing with me on multiple levels. And the things that I'm learning about being a father that, man, God help me. Help me to be a better dad. I haven't been the dad that you want me to be. And I need your help First thing he says is what? Do not provoke your children to wrath. That word uh, provoke and wrath are the same word, and it means don't rouse someone to anger. 
It means, uh, the, the word provoke means to irritate, annoy, tease, or taunt, or I made up this one, purposely try to trigger. Isn't that the big word? Don't try to trigger your kids or to push their buttons or to frustrate them. That is not to be the normal dynamic in our homes. We are not to cause our kids to be angry or to cause them to be frustrated. Listen, if we are angry men ourselves, what are we teaching our kids? To be what? To be angry. They're they're learning, hey, that's the way to communicate. That's the way to express myself is by yelling. You guys ever scream at your kids while you're telling them to stop screaming? You guys are laughing because you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So what are some things that frustrate our kids? I made a little list here. If you are a dad that is detached, not there, you don't communicate, you're disinterested, you're engaged in your hobbies or immersed in other activities or too busy with work, your kids are going to get frustrated. How do kids spell love? T-I-M-E, spending time with them, making sure that you are pouring into them with the time that God has given you. And so, and so many families, so many dads, they substitute time with stuff. I'm just going to buy him some stuff and then here you go. No, we need to spend time with them or they will be frustrated. If you are a dad that won't talk to your kids or explain things to them, they're going to get frustrated. Because sometimes as parents, we say what? Just do it because I said so. You guys ever do that? You guys don't ever do that? I'm the dad. You can't question me. I just... That's going to frust- that frustrates our kiddos. And so we need to help them to understand, to help them to, to, to realize why I'm coming to that conclusion. In fact, God said in Isaiah chapter 1, come let us reason together. Come let us reason together. If you're a dad who tells your kids to not do something and you do that very thing, guess what? You're going to frustrate them. Hey, dad, you can do it and not get in trouble. Why do I get in trouble for doing that? And when you come down on kids for something you do, it angers them, it frustrates them. And by the way, that's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. You lay heavy burdens on the people, but you won't lift them with your own finger. You're telling them to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. And so if you're a dad who sets a bar really high for their kids, you expect too much from them, it's never good enough, you're going to frustrate them. Listen, these are just things I'm learning. Colossians 3.21, the parallel text, says, Fathers, do not provoke your children. Why? Lest they become discouraged. And if your kids, so, so, so you're like, yes, that's me. Or you, you do it this week to your kids. Can I encourage you? Take a step back, back off, back off, back up. And we have to recognize as fathers, as dads, we have a way of bringing out frustration and anger in our kids. Otherwise, it wouldn't be mentioned two times. Are you with me? You guys still with me? Some Father's Day, man, coming to church. and This is so important. It's so crucial. 
Because we're, this, we're told in the Greek tense, don't do that continually. You're going to frustrate them. You're going to cause them to be angry. You're going to discourage them. That's the negative. Now look at the positive. Are you with me? Check out the positive. Bring them up in what? In the training and... It's not on the score. It's not on the board. It's usually up there. Bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. That word bring up means to, check this out, in the Greek it's such a cool word. It means to nourish and to nurture. To nourish and to nurture. Continually. Isn't that the mom's job? Whoa, whoa, time out, man. You're telling me to do, isn't that the mom's job? It's our job too. And moms don't need to be told that. Why? It comes naturally to them. They're natural nourishers and nurturers. We are not, dude. Are we dudes? I'm learning. Listen, with girls, suck it up, buttercup does not work. <laughs> I've had to learn the hard way. It frustrates them. It hurts them. It builds resentment in them. Are you with me? You guys still with me this morning? Bring them up to, to nourish them, to nurture them. Dads, listen this morning. You are equipped, uniquely qualified to give them the nourishment they need this morning. I was reminded again this week, dads, there are certain things that only you can give them. And not just when they are little but when they, through their whole life, even when they get older. No one can do that for them like you can. You got that special role, that special ministry in your home. By the way, as husbands, as dads, we are to be leading the home spiritually. I shared this last week. Mom is not to be leading the home spiritually. She is totally to be invested in, or to be both in, invested in training up the children in the way that they should go. But dads, we are to take the lead in this. It's not just, oh, I get to dump them off at children's ministry once a week, and then they're good to go. It's we need to be bringing them up continually in that nurture and nourishing to maturity. Listen, can I encourage you this morning? Dad's approval, your stayed with him. Do you guys, there's this, the next verse, verse 9 in chapter 21. Do you, think, do you think the Lord puts things in there just for whatever reason? Like, I think I just need a little extra fluff here. Does God do that in his word? I don't think this is an accident. But this verse is so ministered to me with my girls. It says, now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. That's all it says. Four virgin daughters who prophesied. You know what that meant? There's no mention of mom or anyone else, just him. And you know what that means? He taught his daughters about sexual purity, about remaining pure, waiting for the one that the Lord would bring to you. I've shared with my girls, not in such kind terms as that, but if that dude is not pointing you to Jesus, he wants one thing, that's to fulfill his flesh. That's the reality. How can he say that in church? I, I pray that your kids aren't learning it on the internet or on TV. 
that you'd say, I'd rather have my pastor share that, the truth in love. But they also prophesied. Isn't that cool? Speak words of edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. How cool is that? So Philip the evangelist has these four daughters. He sees they're gifted. He helps them in their gifting and their calling, helping them to have opportunities to share with others. That's a, listen, that's a radical dad. What a great example for us. Because we need not just to teach our kids what is right, but to show them what is right too. Are you with me? Hypocrisy is like one of the worst things for our kids because they can smell baloney. They have a baloney meter, don't they? They know. If you come in here to church and you're singing the songs and hallelujah, you got the Christianese lingo down, right? Oh, praise the Lord. Week's been good. Holy Spirit working through my life. I've been filled. And then you go home and you're something totally different. That is the worst thing we can do. That gives our kids an excuse to say, you know what? That's bogus. You're a phony, man. Again, we are to walk in the light as he is in the light. I'm not talking about sinless perfection. There's only one. And that's Jesus. But if there is a disconnect, if there is a disconnect between who I am here and who I am out there, ask the Lord to help you that that that, that gap would decrease. That you would be the same person here as you are at home and wherever the Lord would lead your feet. Are you with me? God desires Malachi too. God desires godly offspring. And maybe you're sitting here saying, Pastor, what if I've blown it? What if I've blown it? I would say number one, 1 John 1, 9. You guys remember that verse? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us or cleanse us. It's up on the board. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that beautiful? Can I share something with you guys? Something cool along with that? When you blow it with your kids, go and ask for forgiveness. James 5.16. Confess our trespasses to one another. Is it up on the board? It is. Look at that. Thank you. That's boom. (laughs) Confess your trespasses to one another. Honey, dad was wrong. I blew it. Would you please forgive me? I crossed the line. I realize that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. My wrath is not honoring to the Lord, my anger. We confess, and not just that, what does it say? Oh, they took it off, it's gone, it disappeared. Guess what it says? And pray. Honey, would you pray for dad? I have an issue in my heart that's wrong. I'm struggling with this. Would you pray for me? That's being real with our kids. Blowing it off, they'll, be, they'll get over it or whatever. They won't. They'll hold on to that. That'll, be, that'll, that'll build resentment and a grudge that'll stay there. And listen, some of us, you've come this morning, you've got a grudge with your parent. Can I encourage you, just leave it here with Jesus this morning. 
Let him heal you. Let him wash over you. Maybe it's a parent that's been off the scene. You're allowing them to control your life, by the way, because you're walking in unforgiveness and bitterness. Give it to the Lord. Say, Lord, forgive me. I'm giving this to you. I've held on to this. It's bitterness. And bitter roots spring up and do what? They pollute you and defile many. It's like, Lord, help me. And listen, let me just remind us, because we have the Lord, we can face the task of being a father and confidently move forward in what he's called us to. And then one day turn them over to life and say, I did everything I could. I've been sharpening the, the arrow and now they're coming out of the quiver and bling. Is that what it sounds like? Something like that. And they're shooting straight. They're not crooked. They're not all over the place. And you say, Lord, we've done our best. Lord, please give us more opportunities to pour into them. And then you fulfill the role God has called you to. Maybe you're sitting, maybe you're sitting here this morning going, my kids won't talk to me. I jacked up our relationship. I, dest- I destroyed it with tough love or no love or I'm alienated from them. Can I ask you, can I encourage you to pray for them? for that relationship this morning, to ask the Lord to give you a second chance. Because, again, our God is the God of reconciliation. Our God is the God of the second chance. He's the one who restores the years that the locusts have eaten. You start praying. Why? Because this is right in God's will, that you would have an opportunity to continue to bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Lord, please give me another opportunity. I trust you. I want to fulfill this role that you've given me again. And again, God said, I will honor those who honor me. Said it to Eli. You're not alone. You have the Lord. Listen, oh, wait a minute. If you're a grandparent here this morning, we got some grandparents here, yes, this morning. It's not just free babysitting for you, for them. You too have this privilege and blessing to pour into them, to be an example to the little flock, to share with them. And listen, we all have a heavenly, a perfect heavenly father, don't we? And we need to celebrate him this morning. All day, every day, Father's Day. Every day is Father's Day, isn't it? With him. We celebrate him. We thank him. Listen, this morning he wants to help us. He wants to help us in all of this. We, we can't do it on our own. We need him. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, Lord, thank you so much for your word this morning. And God, I just pray for my precious brothers and sisters that they would take away those things from your heart. And God, that we would walk in these things as parents. And maybe some of you are saying, you know what? That's what I'm doing with the public school, public college, even the private colleges too, Christian colleges. But if you're a praying mom and dad, a dad or mom that's raising them up in the way that they should go, we can chill, like Daniel too. Remember how much Daniel and, his, and the boys got bombarded with junk? And they were like, no, you know what? Our hearts are set apart for the Lord. Eli and his sons, it's heavy what God says to Eli. Because Eli let his kids do whatever they wanted. And, and God said to Eli, you honor your sons more than you honor me. It's heavy. We're to honor the Lord. 
Because he honors those that honor him. How about Philip the evangelist? You guys remember Philip the evangelist? You guys remember Philip? That was his name, wasn't it? That's what he was called, yeah? You guys remember him? Acts 21. Remember Paul came to see him? Paid him a little visit? I don't think this verse... Do you guys think any verses are on accident that are in there? Paul pays Philip a visit, heading back to Jerusalem. Philip the evangelist who was one of the seven, one of the seven original deacons, and he stayed with them. And listen to what it says in verse 9, chapter 21. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And that's all we're told. We're not told about mom or we're not told about anything else. But he had four virgin daughters who prophesied. That's amazing, isn't it? You know what he taught them? He taught them sexual purity. That's a hard one, isn't it, dads, to teach our... Girls, I found it not too hard. I told them straight up, if they're not pointing you to Jesus, they want one thing. That's to satisfy their flesh. He, Philip did it with his daughters. They kept themselves pure, and not only that, he taught them something else, that they are gifted. They prophesied, you're gifted and God wants to use you. I'm going to help cultivate that gift. You see the gifts in your kids, and you pour into them, you pray for them, and then you give them an opportunity to use those gifts. That's, glor- that is, that's, aw- that's an awesome dad right there, in my opinion. And so we are to teach our kids what is right, and you know what else we're to do? We're to show them what's right. Because hypocrisy, will, man, will wipe them out. They can, they can smell baloney, can't they, our kids? We come here, we raise our hands, we sing real loud, you know, talk the Christianese lingo, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And then we go home and we're something different at home. You know what they say? You're bogus. You're a phony. You're not genuine. And I think, you know, it gives our, it gives our kids an opportunity to reject Jesus. An excuse. Mom and dad don't live it. They're not living what they're saying at church or what they're learning at church. And so God help us. Because God desires, Malachi chapter 2, God desires godly offspring. What if I've blown it? You guys ever blow it? You know know what I've learned? Because I've blown it with my girls. Like I said earlier, suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) Doesn't work. You've blown it. Listen, you've blown it as a parent. Maybe you've blown it as a child with your parents. You haven't. The first thing was obey your, right? The best thing we can do is not only ask the Lord for forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness because that's what sin is. It's unrighteousness. The way you behaved was unrighteous, and so the Lord wants to remove that poison. We ask him for forgiveness, but we do a James 5.16. We come and confess our trespasses to them. I've crossed a line. Please forgive me, I was wrong. I think it's one of the greatest things we can do as parents. 
The way that dad, the way that dad said that was wrong. The way that dad treated you, that was wrong. Would you please forgive me? And it also says James 5.16, and pray for me. Dad needs help in this area in his life. Because Jesus is teaching me that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And that was my wrath trying to straighten you up. And you know what? That's, that's genuine and real stuff in our homes. Because that's really where the rubber meets the road is, is in our homes, isn't it? Where we really live this out, whether we're, whether we're the real deal or not. Because we can put on a mask here, we can put on a show, we can be pretenders in front of people, but when we get behind closed doors, when things heat up, when things get gnarly, are you with me still this morning? That's when our Christianity is really lived out. And the cool thing is, the Lord didn't leave us alone to do this. The greatest Christian that ever lived is living in your heart. He's living in you to help you, to help me. And so we fulfill the role that God has called us to, right? Because we have the Lord, we can face the task of being a father or a mother and confidently move forward and then one day turning them over to life. Oh, I did all I could do. They're gone. I still have a voice in their life, right? They're still receiving. They're still listening attentively. And so I'll use that time that I have to pour into them until the Lord calls me home or else the rapture happens, which would be way better. <laughs> Mike, my kids won't talk to me. I jacked up our relationship. I destroyed it with tough love or no love or whatever. I'm alienated. Can I, can I encourage you to pray? And ask the Lord for a second chance to be involved in their life to fulfill that role again. And here's the cool thing. The Lord does restore the years that the locusts have eaten. You give them a chance. You start praying. Ask, seek, knock. Right? That is in line with his will, with his word, that you would have that relationship with your child or with your parent Either way, it's Father's Day. Amen? If you're a grandparent, what about me? I'm a grandparent. I'm off the hook. Free babysitting, right? That's it. <laughs> you, <laughs> you have this privilege and blessing also to be invested in them. Can I remind us this morning, we all have the perfect Father. We get to it's Father's Day. We get to celebrate Him, to thank Him, we're not going to get to employees and employers. We'll get that next week. Read ahead. Can I encourage you? And we'll check that out. The Lord wants to help us. We can't do it on our own, gang. May we look to his strength, his wisdom, his sufficiency this week. Amen? In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you so much for this amazing passage. And thank you that we're not alone in any of this, that you are with us, that you died for those mistakes we've made, and that you're so gracious to give us a second chance and another opportunity to, to
to do these things you've asked us to do. And God, I pray for my precious brothers and sisters this morning that they would take away the things that have come from your heart and um, that they would hear your voice and follow your lead in all of this, Jesus. So thank you for the great things you're going to do as we put into practice the things we've learned. May we bring you honor and glory. And this morning as we're still in an attitude of prayer,